Join us this Saturday for an all-new episode of The Athletic NBA Show. Saturday Slam and Jam, hosted by me, Andrew Schlecht. I'll be joined by my co-hosts Alex Spears and many of the athletic beat writers that you know and love. We will recap the week of the NBA, play some NBA trivia, and just overall talk about the league that we love most. So while you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee on Saturday morning, listen to Saturday Slam and Jam on the Athletic NBA Show. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. I do have a take. Point of contention. He keeps throwing elbows. What do you want me to do? I want you to stand up to him, you pussy. Welcome to Point of Contention on the Athletic MBA Show. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention coming up on the show. Trade deadline horizon. Meet the Nets. Steph's upset. Leonard's Call of Duty and MVP odds. Is LeBron in trouble? Keep listening to find out. I'm Zach Harper. That's Jade Hoy producing. In this corner, we have the suburban legend of the Bay Area and the author of The Victory Machine, which, by the way, is now out in paperback. Ethan Strauss. Ethan got a little trivia game for you can you tell me where the most watched nba game ncaa game and nba all-star game were each played Ooh, I, I might just know this one salt lake city jay didn't put the answer in the chat so i'm gonna say yeah it was salt lake city <laughs> we'll just say he's right and in this corner north carolina's finest raise up take your shirt off spin around like a helicopter host of the haber show pod and big number bets the newsletter sign up now it's tom haberstrow handsome tom why does daryl Morey hate apple products well you'd have to listen to uh a podcast of mine first don't listen to the podcast because mm. it's an article I wrote, not the Haber show. Read what I wrote on troop.com to no. find out why he hates Read Apple it. products. Um, Joel Embiid, he FaceTimes him a lot and decided to get a, an iPhone for the first time. So I don't know why he hates I Apple products. Like, I but feel wow. like I know why he hates Apple products. Uh, it's just uh, just speculation. But uh, anyway. Oh, I Enjoys those Uh-oh. Android products made right. in South Korea. Right. I'm just gonna let that hang there for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that article talking about how Joel Embiid's an MVP candidate, and then he got injured. So my fault. Yeah. Good job, Tom. That's on you. All right. Uh, as we wait for the uh, the podcast to be approved, Jade, start the <laughs> clock. Take one. It's trade season. Speaking of, the clock is ticking on deadline day, just a week away by the time you're listening to this, in which some big names could be on the move. Bradley Beal, Lonzo Ball, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Zach Levine, Kyle Lowry, probably not Zach Levine, but Kyle Lowry, John Collins, Vic Oladipo have all been names out there. Guys, right off the bat, what is your best guess on who gets dealt and what teams will be active and who needs the most help, Ethan? Uh Get your Trevor Ariza. Get your Trevor Ariza. Uh, it seems like that name has been floated and it seems to be sinking upon flotation. I, who knows? I could be wrong. Ariza looks, uh, he was once the hipster's choice for this guy is way better than you think he would be, but he looks a little, uh, looks a little washed up right now. I'm just amused when that, when a name pops up and you see a team desperate to get rid of a guy on the local scene. I don't know if the Warriors are going to uh, deal Kelly Oubre, but that's certainly a name to watch. That's certainly a call they are taking when people make inquiries just because of the hit to the luxury tax bill and how it's so 
obvious that the Warriors cannot win a championship this season. So if this is still the league of wings, uh, three and D guys, and I guess uh, the three has finally come into the uh, kind of come into form eventually. I think that is certainly a name to watch locally. I give it about a coin flip. That's that's my reporting on the issue. I give it about a coin flip. Wow. So it either will or will not happen. Wow. Tom, what about you? News that Trevor Reese is going to be the hottest name traded at the deadline, and it's a 50-50 chance that Kelly Oubre, who's maybe the sixth best player on the Warriors, is going to get traded. Who knows what's going to happen? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear your prediction, goddammit. Who's getting dealt, Tom? Let's let's hear the takes then. Well, to one-up you, uh, this spicy name of George Hill in OKC. Ah! No, I... Um, Look, I think I think you got to watch Toronto. What, what happens? Wow! In <laughs> when you have Kyle Lowry, you have uh, Pascal Siakam, you have Masai Ujiri, who hasn't been signed to a long-term deal. The GM there, Bobby Webster, has, but they still haven't worked out a deal for Masai. And I'm just wondering uh, what their long-term vision is there, and whether they're going to continue with this core, or whether they're going to say, you know what, this isn't our year. We got already got our championship. Now remember. About five months ago, six months ago, floating Pascal Siakam as a potential traded partner with the Golden State Warriors, and everyone in Toronto just rioted because there's no way that the Warriors would ever fetch enough, put enough in a trade. In a trade. And now I think the opposite has happened. Can't do it. I just, if Zach had known you were going to go this direction, he could have said, What happens in Toronto doesn't stay in Toronto. That would have been perfect. As a setup for Harper. Sort of. I mean, I think they're the Tampa Bay Raptors now, right? Shouldn't we be calling them the Tampa Bay Raptors until they go back? We were calling it the Oklahoma City Hornets. Or the, or should it be the Toronto Toronto Bay? We, we've totally forgotten that they are in Florida, it feels, collectively. And this is another take of mine. I do wonder how it's fake this NBA season is. I think that's fake. the most it underrated aspect. It doesn't aspect. hold any water, Ethan. You are fake news. Go ahead. We've got seven teams with as good or better an offensive rating as the top team last season right now. And I do think that we are in a conspiracy because we're trying to make it seem like the NBA. We are all in a conspiracy and the TV product does look pretty NBA ish, right? So it's not so hard to, it's not so hard to pretend, but we, we are pretending that these glorified scrimmages are the NBA and it's this massive confounding variable that impacts whether it's a good idea to trade as we're talking about right now or how good your rookies are, how good your young players are. I just have no idea how much of what we are watching currently is real. Yeah, well, you also keep in mind that we've heard about trade talks with Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond or LaMarcus Aldridge, and none of them have been moved in a trade. I think just the trade market right now is super dry. Teams don't know what they have. They don't know what other team, what, who's a seller, who's a buyer. And I think everyone's just kind of trying to fast forward to next season. Um, and so that means that the the market is not going to be as robust in the trade season. I think the real talk is going to be buyout season when you have names like Otto Porter, um, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like there's going to be, I think, a much more interesting buyout season than a trade season. I don't want to call this an educated guess. I'm going to call this a third grade reading level guess. Okay. With uh, this, I'm going to say Victor Oladipo to the Raptors. I think there'll be buyers. I don't think Oladipo is going to be a, um, someone, a team is willing to give up big assets for. I think the Rockets are looking to get anything for him at this point. And I think Toronto is not going to be selling. I think they're going to be buying. I like that one. I think that's a, that's a good fit. You could see some revitalization happening out there, but to what Tom is saying, I do think there's a dynamic where 
when you know what you have, you're more inclined to trade. It's like, look, I know what I have. I know how good these players are. And I know that I need to get this piece in order to ascend. But if you don't know what you have, as right now, for the reasons we were discussing, then you're scared to trade. What if what you have turns out to be amazing? It's 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 harder. It's harder to really move assets when you don't know what they are. I would also say on top of that, um, because you just have to get to 10th now, it just saturates the buyer's market. Like, I think Ooh, that's another thing, too, is day. that because you only have to get to 10th now, um, everyone thinks they're everyone except the Wolves, the Rockets and the Pistons think they're in it. Even the Kings have to think they're in it at this point, and they suck. Yeah. I think, I mean, there are weird social dynamics here. I think if you could promise all the teams that they would have a full stadium for the NBA Finals, you would see more teams as buyers trying to get in and potentially win a 100%. championship. But right now, it kind of feels like, eh, I know, I mean, the Lakers and the Nets are really good. And I, I mean, is it even a real championship? Kind of. I mean, I don't even know if we'll have a, I guess we'll have a parade, maybe. If you could assure them that there would be a party and everybody in the city would be paying attention, I think it'd be a different dynamic. Is, I'd is take Utah that the bet. quietest 60-win team ever? Hawks. I mean... Yeah, I think Hawks you saw like there. Western Conference. When you're on top of the Western Conference, I feel like just by virtue of that, people are going to be talking about you. But Hawks, 2015 Hawks. I mean, they, their their point differential was of like a 50 win team, and they were a 60 win team. This team, this Utah team, is actually a legit 60 win team. Yeah, and to what Tom's saying, we forget because the Hawks flamed out and were beaten so badly by LeBron, but. There was a lot of Hawks buzz back in the day. We were no, really trying to make no, Hawks no, happen. No, it's just because we know oh, Kevin yeah. Arnovitz. Gave, it's because we know Kevin Arnovitz that them. we thought that there was Hawks buzz. It's just because we talked to Kevin all the time. God bless him. But that was, <laughs> oh, that was there was no Hawks buzz it? anywhere else. How oh, annoying Kyle is Carver. it? Oh, my Demon God. Teague, let's oh. go. Player of the I month. When, when Kevin talks about Utah Summer League being better than Vegas Summer League because that's that's his new kick, that's that's where I draw the line. That's that's too much. But no, they they put every hawk in the all-star game nearly or made them the collective player of the month, was it? I'm trying to remember. January player of the month, the corniest it's the corniest thing they've ever done. Just absolutely stupid. When the Warriors played the Hawks that regular season, I remember that it was built up like an event. That is not happening. I almost feel as though the jazz, the lack of jazz hype to what Tom is saying is in reaction to the how the Hawks thing didn't really work out. Three, so I agree with Tom. Quietest 60-win-ish team in recent memory. Three worst things in NBA history. Kermit Washington punching Rudy Tomjanovich on the court, exploding <laughs> his face. Tim Donahue scandal. Hawks player of the month. That's what. That's the three worst <laughs> things in, in history. I would bet on that. By the way, speaking of bet, take two, bet the Nets. Guys, let's wow. take a look at the latest BetMGM.com odds for the NBA title, and you will notice something's changed. The Brooklyn Nets are now the odds-on favorites to win the NBA title at one or at plus two seventy-five. The Lakers are now plus two eighty, followed by the Clippers at plus five fifty, Bucks plus seven fifty, and Jazz at plus eight hundred. The Nets have won thirteen of fourteen games, with KD only playing one of those games. When will he return? What happens? Nobody knows. Time will tell. But fellas, who saw this coming? Tom, can the Nets derail the Lakers as a back-to-back champion? They could, but I'm not betting on it. They shouldn't be the odds-on favor. The odds-on favor should be the Utah Jazz. Oh, this no, team is really no, freaking absolutely good. Not. Absolutely Give no. me they, all they, of the Utah Jazz stock. 
All of Tom, it. You can have it Plus after they cried small market bias. Oh, we don't get calls because of small market bias. That's when I knew they were too weak to win the championship. I believed wow. in them until then. Get out of here. Wow. You never believed in California radio, Zach. Small here. market. Small market bias. Sacre blue. Shut up. Go play some ball. Wait, they're French Canadian? Well, I mean, Rudy Gobert, you know, he's Frenchish. Well, no, he's full French. Oh, what I okay. said was Frenchish. So yeah, uh, yeah. my basketball references is like best uh, their best rating their simple rating system which is basically how off how much you uh, outscore your opponents adjusted for your strength of schedule simple there've only been 13 teams in NBA history with a better rating than the Utah Jazz eight of those teams won the title eight of the 13 teams with the point differential of the Utah Jazz won the title and the other five didn't win the title because they were playing the team that did win the title so because they were in small markets probably and you actually care about the basketball side not what they're talking about on social media or what the referees are calling you would see that this team is a legit legit title contender and it is an abomination that they're at plus 800 when you have kd who's not healthy anthony davis who's not healthy and we're expecting him to be healthy in june I like this. I like Money Tom over here. This, this is very is interesting. Now, a, a healthy Lakers squad, I'm obviously going to take over the Jazz. But okay, okay, Zach, you're dismissing this all as ridiculous. I, I get it. I understand the Utah Jazz do this to us every season to varying degrees, even though this season there's a new spin on an old theme with all the three-pointers made and the great offense. But let's say Anthony Davis is hurt. Let's say. Who do you buy then out of the Western Conference? Over them? Who Clippers. other than the Jazz? Yeah. I'd buy the Clippers over them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The that's Clipper, Clippers fair. are Tom, really, the hell are really you talking damn good. About? What are the you Clippers talking about, The Clippers are really Tom? damn good. Um, no, look, guys, <laughs> I believe in the basketball of the Utah Jazz. I don't believe in the mindset. I'm sorry. Like, mm. Rudy Gobert didn't say, we got screwed this game. He said, I tell the guys this all the time. We're in a small Uh-oh. market, so we have to be better because we're in a small market. He tells them all the time, Tom. This isn't a, I just mentioned in passing once. He's got a chalkboard and yarn connecting the dots of Tim Donahue and Salt Lake City and a bad TV contract and all this stuff. He's got all these dots. He scribbled out the part where Utah Jasmine... Carl Malone has the most free throw attempts in NBA history while being in a small market when small markets mattered. He cut that part oh. out of the presentation. Small but markets small matter market- now, by the way. No, small, small markets they do don't. matter right now. They don't. Look, I, I mean, look, I, like, Zach, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but he might have a point. He might have a point. You can build a wall between who has the your incentives and your outcomes. In the last 22 years, who has the second most titles? The Spurs. You can't even it's tell sick. me where the Spurs play. There's so, such a small market. Oh, <laughs> I have and, no idea and, where yeah, the San Antonio Spurs Popovich play. <laughs> never complains about referee calls. You know, uh, there's I mean, a you're no, corollary. We can't take Greg Popovich seriously because no. he's getting thrown out every other night. He didn't. Mm. He didn't say we're not getting calls because we're a small market. He said this is bad officiating. There are two very different things. One is saying hey, this wait, was I, a bad moment. Me, Others are saying say this is against. I us. don't hate that. I don't hate that messaging from Gobert because he's saying you have ownership. You've got to be better Mm. to offset the unfairness. It'd be one thing if he was just saying it's unfair. It'd be one thing. I I, I don't hate the messaging and I also don't think it's crazy. Look, I don't accuse the NBA of anything. 
not accusing them of anything, but as uh, the billionaire investor Charlie Munger once said, show me the incentive and I will show you the outcome. There is a massive incentive <laughs> for the NBA to get one outcome versus the other, considering where they are, considering that the contract has not been negotiated. The difference between the Lakers in the finals and the Utah Jazz in the finals I mean, that might even be an order of magnitude difference. That's a huge difference. So I'm not accusing the NBA of anything, but I'm also highly sympathetic to the Utah Jazz and to Gobert for just saying, hey, got to watch out for this. Hey, you know what that sounds like to me? A player who cares about winning, Zach. Ooh. Oh, the he, same no, player who would, who would, de- who would DM the team to- saying, hey, I had five blocks instead of three. Can you go fix that for me? Can you get someone with the NBA? <laughs> that dude, that, that's the guy that cares about winning? Okay. Yeah, man. Like, if, if we're gonna okay. sit here and talk about, can we just meet in the middle and say, who, can, who, can we meet hey, in the middle and say that he cares more about winning than hygiene uh, based on past whoa! events? Whoa! Whoa! Sorry, it's just been a year. Xenophobia. Too soon. Xenophobia. Too soon. Like, I don't think any of that stuff later? matters. Like, Rudy Gobert is really uh, an amazing defender. He can be exploited in the playoffs, but you can say that about just about any star player in the league, that they're, they have some weaknesses that might not make them great at the biggest stage. And we talk about players who are complaining about referees or complaining, or there's a bias or whatever it is. Like this is what superstars do all the time. They complain about officiating. They complain about, Hey, this is not fair. LeBron James is pointing at putting on Instagram, like all of his, his, best moments on Instagram. If he didn't win championships, we'd be like, hey, that guy's soft. We're just taking the outcome uh, and pointing it towards the process but he here. Did Rudy Blanche. Gobert hasn't he did won, win the championships. He's got four. So we're just taking the outcome, which is Rudy Gobert's teams don't tend to do well in the postseason and retrofitting your underlying theory to that is saying it, it's a safe thing to say that the Jazz aren't going to win the title because they've never but, won the by title. By the way, but we said that about the Toronto Raptors, didn't we? By the way, Steph Curry and the Warriors high pick and roll against Gobert, terrible matchup. Harden against Gobert, terrible matchup. Well, That's well, what they, run, they ran they up get, against. If they get to if and, they get to Harden though, it means they made the finals. No, That's, no, no, no. But that's the point I'm making. That's been cleared out of the Western Conference. The Warriors, I don't think, are good enough. And Harden's in the other conference right now. So I, I'm into this Tom theory. I'm into it. I don't know if I'm totally sold on it, but I like the idea of market inefficiency. I like it. I like the idea of, hey, maybe you hedge it. Maybe you place a bet on the Lakers and a bet on the Jazz. You want to hedge like it? You get quite a return. You want to hedge it? You put that money on the Miami Heat. Okay. That's the hedge you're what? looking for. Yeah, that's what? the hedge you're looking for. What? It's clear as day. Huh? The Miami Heat made a postseason run because it was a weird scenario, weird season in the bubble. There were injuries. No. And the Miami Heat took advantage and went all the way to the finals. What? Right? They played the Why exact same way they the did Utah before Jazz? the bubble. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? They played the exact same way before the bubble. All they did was extend that into the playoffs. Oh, Tyler Hero was playing that well uh, before the he bubble. He had one game. He had one game and everyone's freaking out. The example you were looking for is Jay Crowder. And yes, once he's like a Haley's comment. Once every seventy-five years, he has a good three-point shooting season. Yeah, just what like are, what are the odds on the Bucks? By the way, if I'm going counter narrative, I'm, I'm zigging where everybody's zagging. Plus seven fifty. Full tantalizing. I, I kind of oh, like man. if we had a Bucks, not, if Bucks Jazz Finals. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen. I want that to happen. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. The Nets have this embarrassment of riches, but. No, I haven't seen anybody guard Durant as well as Giannis has. And I'm not sure I've seen anybody guard Harden 
as well as Holiday has. So I just I wonder about that one because everybody's abandoned the Bucks and said they can't do it. That's the past. We were off them. It's all about these other teams. I just maybe maybe they could surprise us. That's yeah, Mike Boonholz is trustworthy. Take three. Steph is getting <laughs> upset. <laughs> Following a 31-point loss to the Los Angeles Lakers Monday night, Steph Curry expressed frustration with his team's recent play, indicating it's time for the Warriors to stop having, quote-unquote, embarrassing performances. Jay, play the tape! I, I think I said it last night. Our expectations go through the roof when you play like you did last uh, against Utah, and then you come and drop the ball tonight, and that's why we are 20-20. and 20, But it takes a lot. Winning is hard in this league. We all know that, and we all know you can't just show up and... Uh, momentum's not just going to carry just because you played well the game before. The constantly inconsistent Warriors are in a battle against expectations, but are pretty much where pundits expected them to be. So, Ethan, we need a mood check on the old Golden State Warriors. It's funny. They're so consistently inconsistent. It's win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Beat the Jazz. Hooray. The mighty Jazz. You're going to win the championship. Oh, demolished by the Lakers in an embarrassing performance in which Bob Fitzgerald is portraying the Lakers like the Showtime Lakers in order to make the blowout feel less painful. (laughs) Maybe it was the time off. Maybe it was less traffic. It's very frustrating for Steph and for Draymond, but they have to deal with it because the timeline of the team requires some patience. That's just what it's going to be. They need to develop this young talent. I think in many ways there are positives to the season. Uh, Wiseman is very up and down, but I like the talent. And Jordan Poole, I'm very intrigued by Jordan Poole. That is a player. That is a player right in the Zach Harper wheelhouse. I don't get why he's shaking his head. This guy is perfect for one Zach Harper. Is he? Perfect. Why why would he not be? Why would would he he not be? Explain to me why he's perfect for me. Because he's a ballsy shooter scorer with handles who bombs from 30 he's feet away. You don't shooter. like this? He's a bad shooter. You think he's a bad shooter? I, I don't as, know about as impressed that, I am at 37% through 19 games, yes, he's a bad shooter. I don't I don't think he's a bad shooter. Why are we talking about Jordan Poole when we're talking about a wasted year of Steph Curry's prime? This is the ah. big story here is that we're talking about the sixth, seventh guy on the bench when we should be talking about Steph Curry's pissed. He's mad. Yeah. He's never mad. Well, the last time he was this mad is when he threw a mouthpiece at a fan, which was really bad. But like we we have to talk about the fact that, that Stephen Curry is waiting for, and the whole organization is waiting for Clay Thompson, who's coming off an Achilles injury and an ACL injury. When we talk about Kevin Durant, look how good he looks. Well, he's, he's hurt right now. And John Wall, look how good he looks. We're not talking about the fact that Clay Thompson's come back from also an ACL injury. So the idea that like we're just waiting until next season when Clay comes back is lunacy to mm. me. I think they should have traded the the Wiseman pick uh, before the draft, and now you're, they're reaping what they sow. I don't think James Wiseman's nearly as good as uh, I think a lot of people do. I think he's oh. got bad hands. I think he's not a great defender. You saw what um, Montrez Harrell did to him the other he's night bad. where it was like Montrez Harrell was saying he can't guard me. And, yes, he's 19 years old. But like the instant, be fair, Trez can't guard anybody it. either. Like Trez is a really bad defender. Unfortunately, it seemed like it's he true. guarded Wiseman. But <laughs> Wiseman is 19. Uh, I will say, Steph is mad. Steph is mad. That's understandable. 
don't want to see his prime squandered, but to quote Don Draper, thank you. That's what the money's for. He is making over $200 million on this contract. So you're tethered to the team and you have to wait out another rebuilding season. That might be different if Clay hadn't gotten hurt, but it is what it is. I do think the Warriors need to develop their talent. I wrote an article about how they failed to do so for many a season. I mean, the last time they really hit big on a draft choice, that draft choice was picked in the first Obama administration. That's how long ago it has been. So I just think they've got to wait out a season. They've got to wait out a season, maybe make another move and hope that Clay looks as good as KD did coming off his Achilles injury. I'm curious though, the Wiseman ACL. Yeah. And ACL. Um, The Wiseman thing is confusing to me though, because I think he's really good. I like him. Like I, I'm an optimist. He, for a 19 year old, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's really good. Like he doesn't fit with what they're doing, but Tom's saying they like, he can't defend like, yeah, no rookie big man can defend, right? Like, like you expect him to take those lumps, but for 36 minutes, like he's 20 and 10 with good shooting. Numbers. I, I think like I, everybody watching him I think is he's good. Everyone watching him is higher on his offense than they thought coming in and maybe yeah. lower on his defense. And that's the look. Ch- De- DeAndre Ayton, if we want to take a recent example, DeAndre yeah. Ayton looked like shit defensively for the last two years. And then he's looked pretty solid this year. Yeah. You know, like I, I think he's been like not good, but he's been pretty solid. I think they have to. I think they need better than pretty solid. They, they do. Yeah, they yeah, that's look fair. At, that's within fair, the window, sure. they might. Perhaps they have to. But it is dangerous to trade your number two pick before you really know what you have in him. That sort of thing can come back to haunt you for 10 to 15 years if it doesn't go the way you want. And when you look at Wiseman, at least statistically, comparing quite favorably to other bigs who became superstars, he's not contributing to wins now. Don't get me wrong. He is killing them in his minutes but that's true of a lot of 19 year olds i mean kevin durant had historically awful plus minus in his first couple seasons and people were going hey what is with this is this guy actually not good is he secretly bad well of course we know how that turned out uh he became a superstar who was incredibly helpful to winning so it's just a tough bridge to cross right now and the warriors are almost trying to ski down a slope with different size skis I don't think it's easy, but what they have to do is go whole hog on development right now this season and start showing some returns in it. And it's all about next season because obviously they're not going to win a championship now. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop right there. There you go. All right. Take four. Well, this is apropos because at the time of this recording, it just broke the news. That Myers Leonard is an Oklahoma City Thunderman. Take four, Myers Leonard's Call of Duty. Shots here. Hi, I'm about to. Sh- I'm about to snipe him instead. I can't do it. Last week, despite the NBA being on the break for the All Star game, oh, what the? <laughs> former Miami Heat player Myers Leonard filled the void when he was caught using a derogatory anti-Semitic slur while playing Call of Duty live on <laughs> Twitch. Stream sniping. <laughs> Yeah, see, why would you be looking over there, buddy? Huh? I downed him. I, could, I couldn't even. See, I couldn't even see him. Turner, I got. Two, I got two downed on blue up top. Three seconds, maybe. Bro, I have an angle for the shit. Fucking this. Da-
last week, despite the NBA being on the break for the All-Star game. Since then, he's apologized. The Heat condemned his actions, important. Uh, he was fined $50,000 and was given a week away from the team. And now, according to Shams Trania of The Athletic, he has been traded to the Thunder uh, with a draft pick for Trevor Ariza. Ah, he has signed earlier. his trade consent. Yes, and the trade will go through. So, um, Tom, let's let's unpack this of pre this trade. Did the Miami Heat and did the NBA do enough in response to what Myers Leonard said? And the funny thing about this situation is that he was going to be out of for the season anyway. Like he was away from, he could have been away from the team from the get go. He had, he was going to undergo shoulder surgery and that was going to be that. Um, right. But of course he does this and Myers, Myers Leonard was not going to be a part of this team anyway. Now the trade that they just executed for uh, Trevor Reese is a great deal for Miami because they basically take something that was nothing um, and they exchange it for with someone who can be a contributor. But look, the Miami Heat, um, th the ugly thing for this situation on top of the anti-Semitic remarks is also what happened in the bubble where a lot of players voiced up for Myers Leonard and stood up for Myers Leonard and his ability to you know, stand and not take an, uh, a knee for, during the anthem. And it makes a lot of those players look um, just blind to what was really going on with Myers Leonard, which is we don't really know the whole backstory of, of Myers Leonard and his upbringing and his, uh, how he, he was for the, the troops, but not necessarily for kneeling when it's against police brutality. That was not just about the remarks in the, in the video, but also about that too. I, I reject the premise. I, I don't care what these guys think. I mean, is that weird? I, I don't, I didn't wake up. I didn't wake up that morning wondering what Myers Leonard thought about Jewish people. I think it is crazy to – well, first of all, it is crazy to just film yourself playing a video game when you have tens of millions of dollars. So off the bat, that's a crazy thing to He's do. He's getting paid more money to, to say, do it though. He's getting paid. Like, <laughs> He's not just doing it to do it. He's getting paid to do it once. That's a very, it's a very good point. But then to say that is also just a completely insane thing to do. As, you, as you're getting videotaped talking to a microphone about Mark. It, it, yeah, right. it's, you just really have to question uh, the intelligence above everything else. But then on top, you know, on top of that, we, we have these very serious conversations about about, you know what is Myers Leonard they, like I don't know that he's very smart as a person is that wrong to say is that wrong to admit do I do I care does he need to be educated I I don't know the whole thing it's just somebody says something obviously bad then everybody tries to one-up each other for how somber and solemn the response should be and I don't seem I don't care too much about it if I'm honest uh, I do wonder does he have to pay the 50k now I mean, if you hadn't paid by now, do you have to pay the team I, I think they, that find you? I think they just take it out of his paycheck, uh, regardless. I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good question. There yeah, is a logistics probably... <laughs> issue here, but yes, I do think that's a fair question. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. The whole thing is very is very uncomfortable for everybody involved, and somehow it became all about if you're in deep in the Twitter weeds trying to get Dan Feldman fired. That's what I. That's what I saw. That's like. <laughs> it's a horrific act of anti-Semitism, and it will only be purged when we get Dan Feldman properly punished, is how NBA Twitter works. So I don't understand. Would I don't he, get it. Would he have been in trouble if he didn't tweet it out? Uh, Dan Feldman? No, no, no. Myers Leonard. Oh. Like, 
Or Myers Leonard. I, I totally yeah, missed that's the a very good question. story, so I'm, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, it's just, just it, Feldman, Feldman was basically saying that relative to some of the other things that were said, like Steven Jackson, uh, he thought this was bad, but not as bad. You know, the logic of it is that Steven Jackson that is, was I guess, espousing. About a thousand times better than the way he worded it, though. The way Ethan just kind of jumbled through it was about a thousand times more coherent than what Dan had written on, I would- on NBCSports.com. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but that was the general gist, yeah. I should say, without getting into the the whole rigmarole of the whole thing. Um, I completely. But to what Tom is saying, that's a very good question. I do wonder if it hadn't been tweeted out, would anybody have noticed it? Is anybody recording it? I have no idea. I have no idea how many people are watching those Twitch streams. Right. I have no idea how many people are are uh, wasting their life on another higher level. You know, not just doing the Twitch, but like recording it for posterity no offense to gamers now now i'm being anti-gamerite currently but i just don't understand your culture i don't get it but uh guy gazent fantastic for you all that you have something to do uh tom before we switch topics this was something that you had talked about um i believe or maybe maybe it's a mean maybe it's you and i mean talked about with why the synergy why um myers hadn't just been outright cut Right, like like the the kind of machinations of this was Myers didn't get cut so that he could be traded because he was going to be like that salary is actually very useful for the Miami Heat, which they just used it to bring in Trevor Ariza, who may or may not be good anymore. But the, instead of just all right, he's out of here. Now you can at least add a player to the mix in making your second straight NBA Finals appearance. Right, it's the idea why Lamarcus Aldridge isn't cut right now is because they're hoping that some team is going to throw the San Antonio Spurs a second round pick for, for Lamarcus Aldridge. Right. Right. Um, I I just love that when when the, the reports come out and it's like Lamarcus Aldridge has been sent home and the Spurs are engaged with multiple teams and I'm like really let's let's wait a couple days. Multiple and see how teams are, they are looking to acquire a so corpse. many teams. <laughs> They're as engaged so as many. J-Lo and A-Rod, okay? So, <laughs> oh, topical. topical. <laughs> oh, ah, monologue. Monologue-style <laughs> joke right there. I love it. Um, yeah, that that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one to me just because I wonder if there's more there. I wonder if, if Pop was really getting along with Aldridge, would this be happening, or is it just a recognition that he's not where the NBA is currently? This happens a lot. Like uh, remember Eric Bledsoe in Phoenix was just uh, shut down magically. Like for the rest of the season, Tyson Chandler was shut down. And now at the trade down, then we're seeing these shutdowns. This, that used to happen at the end of the season where good veteran players were shut down with like a month to play. And as long as it was in Phoenix, as long as it was in Memphis, no one really seemed to care. But um, nowadays it's just like, Hey, if we want to trade this guy, we're just going to sit him. And we're not even going to risk an injury or anything like that. But I, Andre Drummond, the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers sat Andre Drummond while he was putting up huge numbers and they apparently uh, felt like they had a trade in hand and then he, they're just going to keep him on ice for, for a month. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's it's wild. crazy. I just I just picture if there were fans in the stands, a father explaining it to his son who happens to be a big Andre Drummond fan. Like, why why isn't he playing, Daddy? Um, well, uh, they're trying to trade him, so they're just sort of sitting him to boost his asset value. It's a very strange thing. It does seem like, like the it's NBA. A lot like, it's a lot like Top Shot, son. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I mean, NFTs. Yeah. Are you familiar with non-fungible tokens, son? Well, this is going to be the perfect analog to what's happening currently with your favorite player, Andre Drummond. Uh, sp- I want an NFT of Andre Drummond being sat for trade purposes. That would be good. Now that I will invest in. Top shot. Now you can get yeah. me if you start getting these guys uh, sat down. All right. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever. And that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 that's linkedin.com slash MBA show 23 for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash MBA show 23 and get started. Will the MVP be traded? I don't know, but take five is all about MVPs getting back to some betting fellas and the old MVP race is getting more and more interesting right now at bet MGM. LeBron, the leader at plus 160. Nikola Jokic, plus 220. Joel Embiid falling back all the way to plus 650 with that injury. More and more people are coming out for Joel Embiid, who's crushing it prior to that injury. Nikola Jokic off the charts. Potential for a massive split in the voting, in which case any of these guys may, may be able to win. Ethan, may I offer up? I don't know what the numbers are. But after last mm. night's performance... When Damian Lillard, 50 points on 20 shots, you know, those Blazers have stuck around. Ethan, where are you putting your money? Oh, man, I'm putting all my money on on Lillard, and I can't even explain why. I might be investing in a venture that has something to do with Lillard, and it's going to completely corrupt my ability to objectively analyze him. Uh, But that's more to come on that. I won't... I won't reveal all on that one. Uh, I do think maybe we should look at this a little bit like baseball, where we're taking stock of the contribution and not going with the entire win total. Um, Unfortunately, to do that, that might mean that you start looking at Giannis, who we know cannot win it due to narrative. It's a narrative impossibility. It won't be accepted. It will almost be trolling. But maybe, maybe if we want to troll uh, basketball world, and especially Zach, we should be looking at the Utah Jazz. Tom, what about their MVP? Do they not have? Do they not have uh, no. a top flight record? You know, not, somebody's got to get the credit. Wait, Maybe let me, it's Gobert. Let me see who won the MVP for the Hawks. Let me let me look that up real quick. <laughs> oh, nobody. Yeah, they're not even going to get to that shiny sixty win number because it's going to be a shortened season. Yeah, so they can't even team. use get that here, for an know? MVP <laughs> candidacy. They're going to split the vote anyway. With Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell, they're going to split the vote anyway. My money is actually on um, Jimmy Butler. What's his odds right now? Jim VP? What are the Gym odds for VP. Jim VP? Wow. Wow, 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 yeah, wow. What I don't. Hey, I don't say it here. If, if the Warriors manage to, and they probably won't, but if they get to mid-table, if they get to a fifth seed, it should be Steph Curry. I'm just saying it here. It should be if they get there, which they probably won't. Call me a homer. Call me a localist. Call me somebody who wrote an article about it. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I'm just saying, if that happens, 
then that should happen. But it is a very jumbled MVP fight. It doesn't seem like there is a clear choice, uh, narrative or otherwise. And you know, LeBron had an amazing game last game, so maybe he could still he could still do it. But it doesn't seem like there, it doesn't seem like one of those seasons where this is the guy of the season. We often oh, have those. This season. is the guy. It's a fake season. It's a, uh, it's a well, fake season. Jimmy Butler is that guy. We had a guy who had that that iconic photo in the finals in the bubble, him slumped over, exhausted. He's got that whole mm-hmm. like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant assassin feel to him where he's just lay it out on the line. You have the narrative side of that. Then you throw in the fact that there is a narrative void for everybody else. And so we're just waiting for that candidate to come through and cut through all the noise and all the tension and it's Jimmy Butler. He's got the the per game stats. He's got a, almost averaging a triple double. He has a huge plus minus turnaround. Where yesterday entering the game, the the Miami Heat were plus one twenty with him and minus one fifty three without him. And you have just I think the media is fawning all over all over Jimmy Butler and his weird quirkiness. I think with the Miami Heat winning and the fact that the Eastern Conference is kind of down this year at the top, like. I just think this is Jimmy Butler's uh, his his award. What, what's the deal with the three point shooting? What's the deal with that? What's going on with that? I mean, everything else is doing doing fantastic. But with why, Jimmy, why twenty percent? Yeah, he's he's isn't he good and bad? Good than bad every single year of his career with three point shooting. It's just yeah, strange. it's odd. He's uh he's now a facilitator. Like he doesn't really play um, out I, on the perimeter it, other than looking for the pass. It's so mysterious, though, because you talk about, say, locally, Draymond, people say it looks like he has the invisible backpack on. So it's no mystery that the ball is caroming off the rim if it's even getting there. But with Butler, he's got a good looking, good looking shot. So it's just so strange that it's that bad some season. So it's curious. I was just wondering if, Tom, you've been you have an explanation for me as to why the man is shooting 20 percent when he's otherwise doing amazingly. I don't. Uh, the only explanation I can come up with is he's got Duncan Robinson on the team, so he can have him take all the threes, just like Draymond with Steph Curry. I would argue his shooting form for a three-point shot is actually not good. That's what I would argue. Too much I would leg. Argue, I would argue he's pu- he pushes forward too much um, as opposed to pushing that. at an angle. Uh, so I, that's why I don't believe his three-point shot is good. It's the same thing with uh, – well, I guess the one – uh, they're different players, but like the one example where that is a good thing was T-Mac, but T-Mac also got way higher off the ground on his jump shot than Jimmy does. Wow, Duncan Robinson averages 8.5 three-point attempts per game. Man, he gets them. He puts them up, man. Well, also, Jimmy Butler's more concerned about getting to the free throw line. Um, yeah. He's he's James Harden-esque on that level. And also, when you're Jimmy Butler and you're having to be um, – a, a top shelf given F defender where he's actually defending at a high level on the other end of the floor. You know what? I don't need the three pointers. You know, I don't need that. He's just, he, all he cares about is the W and that's why it's Jim MVP and Jim VP. Jim okay, VP. Yeah. Jim Hashtag VP. Jim VP. Um, I like it. Maybe it will be the, but maybe it will be the odds on favorite. Who's also a new owner of the, Boston Red Sox, LeBron James. Tom, thoughts on LeBron buying into the Sox? I mean, can we get Mookie Betts back? Can we get yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. back? Like, why are we? Why are we getting? The, we're the Boston Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan. 
We're the Boston Red Sox. Why are we selling off all our best players? For what? We've got LeBron as, as the owner now. Like, we should be retaining talent rather than giving it away. We're not the Florida Marlins. This isn't we're getting rid of Josh Beckett and, uh, what was it, uh, Miguel Cabrera? Like, we're the Red Sox. This isn't, we're, we're not Tampa Bay. How? Why are we giving up players instead of being like, we print money. We're the Red Sox. Every person I know in New England has a pink Red Sox hat. How are we getting rid of Mookie Betts because we can't afford him? He's the next Babe Ruth. He's the Babe Ruth and the, of the same team that gave up Babe Ruth. This is so terrible. What percentage of the Red Sox does he own? What's the, uh, does anybody gotta know? Be, they, gotta they, be they at least owner. 90%. Gotta be at least 90%. There's- there's minimum. a lot of devil in those minimum, details. Yeah. If you own one one thousandth of the Red Sox, that's a little I mean, different. Well, from look, Jay Z owned what forty percent, one point seven percent of the Nets, and then you know yes. he was the leading voice. Who cares? <laughs> he owns as much as Usher branding. owns of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who cares? My call. I think Andre Godala is going to become the first billionaire NBA player. That's my that's my bet. That's my guess. All right. Well, I have questions about that next week on Point of Contention. It's the only one week <laughs> team. We'll, we'll, right we'll be here. going through Andre Iguodala. We'll be going through Andre Iguodala's stock portfolio <laughs> on the next Point of Contention. Spoiler alert: It's a lot of GameStop. All right. Make sure you check out the Haver Show <laughs> podcast with Tom Haverstrow. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletic. Make sure you check out everything. All the work everyone here does. Uh, make sure you. Uh, what do you do? You rate, you review, and you subscribe to the podcast and then you i don't know you you donate money to causes and uh, stop asian hate let's stop doing that let's uh, stop being terrible to people who aren't us and let's uh, i don't know let's try to get through the year and subscribe subscribe to kindness let's do that let's subscribe to kindness it's like hearing a, a rick from rick and morty talk at the end <laughs> i have that sugar car for the day and a half i'm dying Grab it, I gotta take a quick phone call. Yep. Yo, my wife needs me, she just called me. I'll, uh, I gotta roll, brother. GG's. Okay. Hey, did you do that? Or do you think? Yep.